This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Massachusetts. Did you? I did. I want to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Is that like the Bermuda Triangle? Kind of. Ooh. So it's actually really cool. So this is a phenomena area. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's a phenomenal area. <laughs> It is. I mean, yeah. it's it's so, two hundred square miles, so there it's beautiful, but yeah. scary. <laughs> he said it's. He said the square mileage, and you're like, and it's beautiful, or so it's beautiful. And I was like, so like the bigger the mileage, the more beautiful it is. Hey, but no, this the is the bigger. <laughs> I tried to skirt over it. <laughs> just try to screw past that issue but no this that's cool because we also did an episode um earlier on in our series about the like alaska's bermuda triangle right so i'm sensing a theme here it is it's a there's a lot of triangles happening in the us of a why is it never a trapezoid that'd be fun the bridgewater trapezoid or the sphere Ooh, even better which is like a circle yeah but 3d yeah. It's like a random bubble that just pops up in our, <laughs> they have shows about that. <laughs> this area is actually encompassed of a lot of different areas since it's 200 square miles. Okay. Um I won't read off all the areas, but it encompasses the town of Abington, Brockton, Rehoboth, and Freetown at the points of the triangle. Okay. And so everything inside of that, um, there's probably like 10 different areas of inside that. But it's also, it ex- it also encompasses a little neighboring town in Vermont called the Bennington Triangle. So there's two okay. triangles going on here. This area has had a lot of alleged paranormal activity yeah like aliens yeah so like ufos okay there's been sightings of black helicopters where no one else has seen this or heard it but except for these certain people weird it's also had poltergeists and orbs and balls of fire and some giant snakes some thunderbirds and various big bigfoot sightings interesting so we just have like everything it's like everything in this 200 square mile and there's actually been mutilation of cattle because we always hear that when it involves ufos absolutely mm-hmm. so i'm actually going to go through the various landmarks or things about it. Uh, okay. Instead of tell you the actual, like the story of how it came to be or okay. whatever. Yeah. Because it's USA. It, the land was there. Yeah. So it's been yeah. there for a very long time. Absolutely. 
we're going to talk about uh, the Bridgewater Triangle area. So it's located about 30 miles south of Boston. Okay. And like I told you, it's about 200. It's a 200 mile square area and has those cities that I told you about. Yes. Um, in this area, there's some mysterious landmarks that, you know, we're, we're going to highlight over. Okay. So the first one is called the Hakomak Swamp. Okay. So this... Snakes. <laughs> no. Mm. This swamp is 5,000 plus acres okay. of just swamp area. And it's Gross. probably one of the biggest hubs of many of the paranormal reports that mm. have happened in this area. Okay. Also, the site has a 8,000-year-old Native American burial ground. I mean, mm-hmm. the Poltergeist movies taught us. Right. Well, if, if you're going to have a Poltergeist, it's going to be in an ancient Indian burial ground. Right. And Rightfully so, too. Around this area, there's a lot of mysterious tombs, as you would, I mean, gather, because it was a burial ground. Yeah. And when archaeologists started excavating these areas, because See? you can't just leave things alone, right? See? This is why y'all have post poltergeists. <laughs> because you can't leave people at peace. You disturbed the dead. <laughs> now they go get you. They opened the graves. Oh, boy. And so the mummy taught you nothing. Right. Never. Hmm. People just don't learn. They had it coming. Pop, pop. <laughs> they had it coming. Pop, pop. <laughs> okay. So when they opened the graves, this red goo gross within the tombs started bubbling actually as soon as they opened the grave interesting and then it started dissolving oh no they took photographs of this site but when they tried to go develop it Mm -hmm. it would not develop and all of it was ruined because y'all released a demon (laughs) and this was around probably 1928 when they were doing this girl World history in one in one sentence. I These know. white men are dangerous. Right? Trying to dig up Native American ground. Damn, they did it to themselves. So then we go to, there's a couple different rocks that I want to talk about. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> I know. Is it like a monolith rock or is it like just like a natural boulder? It's like a natural boulder. Okay. But it's like there's a lot of phen- phenomena happening at these. Okay. Um, so we're going to first talk about the Dighton Rock. And this is on the banks of the Teton River. Okay. And it lies across from the grassy island where the burial grounds were, so the swamp area. Okay. There's a lot of inscriptions of unknown origins on this actual rock. Like unknown languages? Yes. And Ooh. so... Although there's been a lot of speculations that are attributed to Native Americans or Vikings or even Phoenicians, their identity, the identity of that language has never been identified or determined. Okay. So there's just random carvings on this one rock, the Dighton Rock. Okay. And then there's another rock called the Profile Rock. And... This has gained a lot of paranormal reputation. It's located in Freetown, 
which is one of those points of the triangles that we talked about. Yep. Uh, it's and by a nearby hill, and the rock shows a clear portrait of a Native American face looking out from the stone. Mm. So before these colonists in Massachusetts arrived, the Wampanoag people okay. considered profile rocks sacred. And then local legends claim that the Native American ghost dancers in warrior dress dance around this rock at certain times, and people have seen this. Okay. Interesting. So then we're going to go to Anawan Rock. Okay. Anawan Rock is also located at the Hakamak Swamp along Route 44. And is it another profile rock? This is... Just, it's not a profile rock. Okay. It's a location where the rock, the rock is named after Chief Anawan, which he was one of a chief of the Native American tribes. Okay. And it's the site where Chief Anawan surrendered to the colonists, ending King Philip's War, quote unquote. I bet he cursed that land. Legend, I would have. Right? That's that's what it gets into. So legend says that the angry spirits of Chief Anawan's warriors continue to haunt the area, starting a spectacle fire and ha- ghost dancing around this rock. That's fun. Ghost dancing? Ghost dancing. But also, like, terrifying because, like, some of those, like, Native American dances are, like, really intense. Right. Wow. What a What a crazy thing. Could you imagine, like, seeing that? I would be freaked out. Like, thinking that it's, like, real, and then all of a sudden they just, like, disappear. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. As a side note, do you know what pops into my mind is from the proposal when Betty White (laughs) started R.I.P.? We love Betty. But that's what I think of, and I'm like, but more aggressively. Yeah. And with a different Well, especially if they're angry. Right. Because they they surrendered to the colonists there. Colonizers are the worst. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Loren Coleman who is a paranormal researcher. He actually named the area that we're talking about, Bridgewater Triangle, in the 1970s. It wasn't called that before that. Okay. But he also, in naming that and doing research, revived public attention to many of the paranormal people and communities and had a lot more people coming to the area and doing research. Okay. So, Bridgewater is the first report of paranormal activity that's made over that was made over three centuries ago in 1760. Okay. And the report says that at 10 a.m. on May 10th, 1760, a sphere of fire was reported to hover over New England and emit a light so bright that it cast shadows in the morning sun. Wow. Okay. Reportedly, the light was seen from both Bridgewater and Roxbury. Roxbury. And since then, the area has been spawned, has spawned a diverse, a diversity of reports or a lot of reports that include paranormal events ranging from ghost dancers to UFOs to cryptozoological sightings. Cryptoids. Cryptoids are fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now we're going to get into the UFOs. In, cattle mutilation <laughs> that's later that's later oh i broke it all out for us because there was so much yeah 
1760, there was a report that was likely the first documented UFO, UFO report on the planet. Okay. However, we don't really know that. And the last report to come out of Bridgewater Triangle was actually just recently. But since 1760, in on Halloween in 1908, okay. there was another UFO, UFO sighting documented in local newspapers. Okay. Then in 1968, five people claimed they saw a strange ball of light floating among the trees in a wooded part of Rehoboth. Okay. In the 1970s, UFO sightings were frequently reported to occur in different areas of the Bridgewater Triangle. Okay. And in one report, two F UFOs were seen landing along Route 44 near Taunton. Landing? Landing. Oh, no. Then later, about 24 years later, in 94, a Bridgewater law enforcement officer reported seeing a triangular-shaped craft with red and white lights. Interesting. I always like how UFOs are never, like... It, they usually fall into, like, two categories. Right. They're either, like, disc-like objects <laughs> or triangles. <laughs> right. No other shapes. No other shapes. Not a sphere. <laughs> there was a sphere, though. I Actually, I do take that back, and they did say that it was a, a UFO. Really? Yeah. The Navy had the footage. Oh. It was a sphere that, like, came out of the ocean and then went back down into the ocean. I don't know why I whispered that. But I did. It's a mystery. That's why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to get into some mysterious creatures. Oh, cryptoids. <laughs> so there was cryptozoological sightings. Yes. What kind of creatures? So in 1970, there was reports of a big foot, like seven foot tall, hairy monster. And it, so it instigated both Bridgewater and Massachusetts State Police canine units to conduct a huge search for a bear. However, uh. when they went to go search and they looked all over, neither a man nor a bear was ever found. Interesting. And then in 1978, a paranormal researcher named Joseph DeAndre claims to have observed another sighting of the creature as it slowly walked into the brush of the Hockamock Swamp, about 200 yards away from where he was standing. Okay. He went so far as to chronicle his sightings in a book in 1997 called Passing Strange, True Tales of New England Hauntings and Horrors. Okay. Now, not all of the creatures that allegedly inhabited, inhabited Bridgewater Triangle are la landbound. Okay. So... In 1971, there were several sightings of a phenomenally large black bird with a wingspan that stretched from 8 to 12 feet. It's like a dinosaur. Right. So these reports originated actually at a place called Bird Hill in the swamp area. Okay. And then in 1982, two of these creatures were allegedly seen fighting in the air with one another. Oh. What? <laughs> I know. So crazy. Um, so for decades, these reports have been happening of these giant birds, but they also called them like pterodactyl-like creatures. Yeah. 
And That's so, where my mind first yeah. went. I said, it's a dinosaur. And a police sergeant actually made a report of seeing one as well. So there's a lot of, like, official people actually seeing these Yeah, things. it's not just, like, the meth head on the corner. Right. Saw a pterodactyl attacking another pterodactyl. <laughs> right. It's, like, a law enforcement officer right. who is, like, minding his own business. Mm-hmm. Was like, no, I saw that pterodactyl. I'm not crazy. I mean... I mean, maybe he's there's on meth, too, but... There's multiple law enforcement officers that are seeing this, so it's not just the one guy. True, yeah. I mean, maybe they they all get together and are on crack together and smoke yeah. it together, but who knows? <laughs> you, know, you never know. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. You do what you do. Now we're going to get into some ghostly stories. I'm not ready for the ghosts. (laughs) So there's a lot of legends that tell of the Native American ghost dancers like we talked about. And there's also a lot of contemporary ghosts that people have seen. Okay. So there's actually a mysterious redheaded hitchhiker that haunts a stretch of Route 44 in Rehoboth. This is actually a really cool story because so a lot of people have actually encountered the ghost whatever you want to call it yeah of this long dead hitchhiker um when they're driving okay so the man sometimes actually looks really well kept dressed up like looks together and then sometimes he looks really dirty with his clothes in like disarray and every time this ghost has been seen there's only there's always that one detail or one or two details that are same across the board. So everyone always claims that he's redheaded okay. and everyone always claims that he's dressed in a plaid shirt. Okay. One woman was actually reported driving down Route 44 and then running over a man fitting that description late one night. The man seemingly appeared out of nowhere, and then the woman, taken by surprise, had no idea or no time to stop and prevent the collision. When she jammed on her brakes, she leapt out of the car to actually see what happened if she actually hurt somebody. But she found but she found no sight of any man. Okay. And so she was a little surprised by this. Um, and so she she looked all around. She couldn't see him. She got back in the car. But as she was walking back to the car, she heard a faint laughing in the woods at the woods line, the tree line. And so kind of freaked her out. Yeah. She got back in the car. She started driving again. And then as she started driving, she saw the man again. And it was right in front of her car. And so this time she slammed on the brakes still assuming she hit him but she didn't want to get out of the car this time okay so she rolled down her window and looked at the road still didn't see anybody and then the creepy thing is that she heard this cackling laugh again and it was only a few feet away from her car nope and so she was beyond scared right so she obviously threw her window up and peeled out of there at full speed. I'm hitting anybody after that point. Right. Jump out of my car again. <laughs> I don't Ghost. laugh in the dark. Truly, when it's all dark and it's like in a wooded area, 
Yeah. So that was one story of the redheaded hitchhiker. Okay. There's also been other reports of other ghosts appearing along the Hockamock Swamp near Route 138. Okay. And then there's also been reports of a ghostly trucker to be speeding along the winding road, blaring his horn and threatening passerbyers. Now, the reports of the black helicopters that we were talking about. So there's a resident named Mary Lou Jones Drown, weird name, but reported hearing a very loud helicopter noise in Reho Booth on June 25th, 2002. On Reho Booth. How is that spelled? Oh, yeah. No, that's how Reho Booth. And I apologize if anybody's from Massachusetts and I'm saying these wrong. (laughs) You said it before and I was like, Reho Booth. That's a weird name. I just had to see it. I apologize. I I messed up your flow there. That's okay. I do apologize if I'm saying anything wrong. Let us know. Also, we ain't from Massachusetts. We're not. We don't know how these things are supposed to be said. I guess we could have Googled it, but. Don't look at us. Too late. <laughs> so when she looked outside, there was no helicopters in the air um, okay. where she heard those sounds. She was actually able to locate some other people and some other witnesses who told her they had had mysterious helicopters flying over equipped with spotlights. And they were flying over the Palmer River School on the north side of Route 44. Interesting. She also found a local farmer who reported two black helicopters with spotlights were flying in the formation in formation above the trees. The choppers came from the southeast, from Mount Hope Bay in Swansea. Okay. And then another report came in July 2002 describing helicopters as if they were gray camouflage or a striped helicopter type. Hmm. And then... This was all in 2002, and last there was another um, sighting in August, between August 7th and 9th, and again on April 1st, 2002. So all from April to August, there was a bunch of sighting of all these black helicopters. Now, it's not as mysterious, right? Because, I mean... Military. Military, it's a... It's a weird triangle of mystery, and maybe people were looking around and seeing what's up. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Yeah. Uh, There's also been a lot of strange or weird creature sightings besides the pterodactyls and Bigfoot. There's been a lot of reports of unusual animals dating back to, like, pre-colonial times. Okay. Right. (laughs) And so there's been a lot of uh, documented unusual uh, animals, including alligators uh, that were bigger than they should normally be. There were black panthers, which I don't think are very indigenous to that area. Yeah. There was also a lot of giant turtles, as well as a giant snake as thick as a tree trunk. So, like, bigger than Anaconda, the movie, you know, like, the thickness of that big of a snake, I would be freaked out. Uh, yeah. And people reporting this were Civilian Conservation Corps individuals in 1939. Okay. Then... There were actually phantom dogs that were reported. So in 1976, right, 
1976, a Abington resident reported seeing a large phantom dog with red eyes, and he was killing two ponies, which makes me sad that they were ponies instead of, you know, like horses or something. Yeah. I feel like when I think of ponies, it's like small. Yeah. Small yeah, yeah. horses. Babies. And that Baby makes horses. me sad. Yeah. The witness was actually the pony's owner. And they said that the, the dogs were ripping their the ponies' throats out and were actually Damn. almost as big as the ponies in size. Okay. That's a big dog. So the Abington police responded to this report because you know he called the police he wanted someone to take care of it and stop killing his ponies and they engaged fire shooting they engaged in shooting that these animals um which they had no effect on the animal okay yeah it sounds like a phantom dog Now we're going to move into some of the lights that we talked about. So one of the most common themes or things that have been seen are these lights that have been going on. These They call them spook lights or the willow, the wisp. And it's also the wisp is terrifying. And so it's essentially ghost lights. Okay. So it's typically seen in a boggy or swampy area. Mm-hmm. which as we've talked about there's a huge swamp there and these lights also appear along the train tracks every january and has been often observed within the swamp or over the swamp interesting scientists gonna tell you it's static electricity in the air probably there's always an explanation mm-hmm. that they're trying to cover up <laughs> <laughs> Now, during all this time, there's also been a lot of animal mutilations, um, which because that's always has to be involved in these sorts of phenomena areas. UFOs are involved. Something going to get snipped. So (laughs) there's been. (laughs) So there's been various kinds of mutilations in the town of Freetown and Fall River. Okay. Um, the two specific in- incidents in 1998 were reported, and one was when a single cow, adult cow, was found butchered in the woods. Okay. And the other was when a group of calves were discovered in a clearing, mutilated as if part of a ritual sacrifice. Okay. Also... This is a huge wooded area, right? So we essentially it's it's hidden. It's you know, yeah, it's secluded. So there's obviously going to be a lot of murders that are happening in this area (laughs) because why not? I know you're like secluded area murder. I mean, yes. There was over a dozen confirmed murders in the forest from 1978 to 1988. Okay. And a lot of these victims were, you know, I'm just going to say murdered or sexually assaulted. Um, But what was weird is they actually found an underground bunker hidden from view 
And when they went down there to go and, you know, clean it out or get in any... Um, figure out what it was. Yeah, figure out what it was. They found a lot of strange objects, including, like, small chairs with belts or restraints. So they thought it was a place where someone was holding children. Yikes. Okay. Yep. And lastly... With the mutilation, they also thought there was a lot of satanic rituals that were happening. <laughs> okay, that's fun. And so the area was linked to a lot of admitted Satanists or otherwise satanic rituals. Okay. Um, they saw a lot of local graves that had been disturbed with skulls stolen, and sometimes the skulls were later found in the Freetown forest a little bit away. Um, and then in the 1980s, many of these sacrificed cattle and goats have been invested or otherwise recorded by the Freetown police as being satanic rituals instead of actual like UFO mutilations. Got it. So they're trying to find a way to explain all of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wild. that, I mean, in the three, four hundred... 500 years since 1760 or whenever the first sighting was there has been a lot of things happening in that area that's like unexplainable and seen by a lot of people not just one or two people and so i just don't know what's going on in that area but it's crazy to think about it's crazy to hear about yeah and it's just a wide spectrum of activity and it's not just ufos it's you know bigfoot pterodactyls yeah anacondas yeah yeah wild so so crazy thank you for listening to this episode of unsolved america head on over to facebook and instagram and follow us at unsolved america mvp and be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.